Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we watch new movies and then talk to them about each other on a microphone so that you too, the listener, can hear what we think of these films. I'm Jack Kaljeski, joined today, once again, by my brother Jeremy. What's up? How's it going, Jeremy? It's going all right. It's yeah. going all right. You know. Same old. Hanging in there, same yeah. old. Yeah, it's getting warmer, at least. Day so. after day. Yeah, a little bit. So at least, you know, this quarantine hell, we'll be able to go outside and enjoy the weather a little bit. I do I like miss that. the outside. I miss the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I miss there not being 10 foot piles of like shitty forever snow on the ground. That'd be nice to get rid yeah. of. Anyway, we yeah. uh, we watched a movie. And if it's the two of us on a podcast, it's there can only be one kind of movie, obviously. Uh, foreign Maybe. romance. <laughs> If you want to talk about some foreign romance sometime, like I'm, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you've got it in you. No, well, sort of, maybe, kind of. This movie, a little bit. <laughs> a if, little it's a stretch. Bit. But uh, what do we uh, what do we watch this time, Jeremy? We watched the brand new A24 uh, indie horror movie, Saint Maud. 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 Saint Maud. You want to take Maud. that one from the top? Saint Maud. Maud, yes. Maud. Definitely Maud, not Maud. Okay. Saint <laughs> Mound. Saint Mound, yes. Um Wow. Where do we go from there? How do we recover from this? What uh tell me tell me a little bit uh tell tell our viewers since I know, since I've seen this movie now. Um what what exactly Saint Maud is? So uh Saint Maud follows this uh young nurse by the name of the titular Maud. Maud, if you will. Yeah. And um, one day she gets a new job as a private nurse for this dying um, for this dying woman. And a woman dying of cancer. A woman She's like dying an in, of cancer. in-home care nurse, right? Yes. And the thing that uh, stands out uh, with Maud is that she is the pious type. Very hmm. pious. Hmm. She is uh, very intensely religious, and um, and then the, hilarity ensues. From the, well, well, the thing is, is that the the dancer is very much not religious. She is atheist, and um, it is Maud. Uh, she like takes it upon herself to not only uh, try and um try and nurse this uh this this dying woman physically but also try and save her soul right whatever yes. that takes yes yes <laughs> um so this is this is the the new a24 quote unquote elevated horror movie right so it's mm. it's this year's well actually it was supposed to be last year's uh cuz when you say new movie in this case we mean movie that's been done for like probably a year and a half showed at film festivals in 2020 and it now at fe- is film festivals in 2019 in 2019 right and 2020 um and is now available for public consumption you at home viewer can can think, finally watch this now i think it got a mild theatrical release in the uk did it what yeah, last and this year is a yeah, yeah, in like in like summer 2020, I think it played in like drive-ins. Okay. Shit. Okay. Yeah, I could see and that. And this and this is a British film, so Right. Right. This is uh 
This is from writer-director Rose Glass. Rose Glass, that's right. This is her debut feature. Yeah, so it's another one of your, you know, uh, A24 picks up a horror movie made by a first-time director, and it's... uh, you know, it's it's in that same wheelhouse as something I would say like like uh, Hereditary or or you know The Witch or any of those like recent A twenty four horror movies that we very much enjoy around these parts and talk about all the time. But um, well, what did you think of of Saint Maud, Jeremy? <laughs> as hmm, where can I start? Uh, I found Saint Maud to be kind of a mixed bag. Oh boy, you hit us with a mixed bag line. Yeah, there's a lot to like. Fans of the genre. <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot to like with Saint Maud. It has a very strong central performance. I think both um, of the, the the performances are are quite good. Um, yes, but but I'm especially highlighting the titular Maud, mm-hmm. um, played by. Herself. Boy, if An- we can't pronounce another, Maud, how, are we, gonna, how are we gonna do this one? Morphid. Morphid. Morphid? No, Morphid? Morphid Clark. I don't know. I yeah, sure. Sure. There's quite a lot of names to contend with with this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of very interesting names. Thanks thanks Rose Glass for for giving us the one thing we can't manage to mispronounce. Right. Um it moves at a very brisk pace. It's only uh, like yeah. 80, 80 minutes. It's it's short. I'll give it that. Yes. It I don't is, know if I would call it briskly paced. I mean, I no. do think it's still kind of no. doing that slow burn kind of horror that you're probably getting pretty used to now if you're familiar with these A24 horror movies. But it feels like it's over before you know it. And that's kind of a – maybe that's kind of the problem. Um, Could be. And, and uh, it has a lot of really nice cinematography. Yeah, it um, looks good. It look, there's a it, lot of like it, dark it interior good. spaces that are that are. And it I don't know if I would with, say spooky or creepy, but maybe a little bit like unsettling, I guess. And it contends with a lot of interesting themes about uh, about religion and faith uh, in general, grief and religious obsession uh, specifically. But um, I think its structure and its presentation. Uh, doesn't do it any favors and doesn't send it over the edge of being great. Sure. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I would say I felt that this one was good, um, but not quite great. I don't think it 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 has stuck with me in the way some of these other movies have. Um, I think part of it for me, you know, and we've talked about this a lot in the last year as well, but. Um, Especially with stuff like this, like the kind of slow burn horror, I need to be able to kind of have a level of focus that I almost get into this sort of like trance like state for for me for like that kind of like creeping dread to really like do the thing that I want it to do, you know, get under my skin and really kind of like envelop me. And I just have a very hard time having that happen at home like that just there's just too many distractions at home for that for for a movie like this i think to really sink its teeth into me so while i don't think it's as effective as some of the other ones i also think the circumstances were not the best so i want to say that up front maybe but if the movie was good enough i don't think your circumstances of watching it i don't think that would matter 
No, no. Um, I just think horror is a particular beast because I think there, there a lot is, is related to the circumstance that you watch it. Like the effectiveness of, you know, the, that kind of like actual visceral reaction that you can have to a, a horror movie, I think, um, does depend on the setting. You know, it's why you turn the lights off when you watch a scary movie. Sure. Which I did do that, but yeah. still, this one just didn't just didn't quite hit me uh, like I, I would have wanted it to. I th- I think the thing is for me partially, and I kind of mildly expressed this during our um, best of the year podcast, is that I think I'm getting a little bit fatigued by this brand of horror. Sure, absolutely, it's becoming like bit. almost almost cliche. Like it's. It is. It is very. I mean, when you say a twenty-four horror movie, I think there's a pretty clear picture that forms in your mind almost immediately. It's, a, it's right? a slow burn. It has themes of trauma. Yep, yep. It's like pretending not to be a horror movie for a while. Right. Um. Nothing happens, or not much happens for the for- first like half, and then it decides to turn into a horror movie. Sure. Like the like the better examples. Of that, the, the movies that kind of started this trend, like like The Witch and Babadook and Hereditary and whatnot, have a lot more going on that that like make that formula excel. But Saint Maud isn't isn't quite at that level. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly what just didn't get it to that level for me. I don't know if. I don't know if it has to do I don't think it necessarily has to do with the religious component of it because I think there is a lot of, of I think that's probably the most interesting be, part of the movie to be mined from that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's just the way it's paced or or the writing itself. I don't know. I it's hard for me to put put my finger on exactly why it didn't quite hit me. I think like I said before, I think a lot of it had to do with the uh with the structure. In yeah. that it seems like it has a very long first act, yes. and then the second two acts are like almost kind of rushed. Yeah, I, I could and, see that. Yeah. And I think it gets to the more interesting part of the story far too late, and then it rushes it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Because by the time, you know, we're going to get into uh, some some spoilers in a little bit here, but I think by the time the movie really ramps up and gets to where it's going, yeah, you're right. It's pretty much it's over. Just, it, it's pretty much over. Yeah, you're right. And I do f- think that that first act didn't really, it didn't really like rope me in in the way I wanted it to. Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't kind of. Uh, not quite. Quite grip me. It's not bad. No, nothing about this movie is bad. Uh, no. I mean, this is a it's a solid movie, and it's definitely something that I I would suggest if you're a f- fan, for fans of the genre, um, <laughs> you, you'd probably like it. Um, and it's you know, there are as- unique aspects of it that I think are are cool. Um, and there's some things that I will t- we'll touch on in the spoiler section specifically. But um, yeah, good but not great. I think is the 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 easiest way to sum it up. Like you said, yeah, and these these A twenty four horror movies always have like a lot of hype surrounding them. So I would well, this one specifically go- because it was such a long, it took such a long time, you know, yeah. to finally come out. 
So if you're going to go see it, and the way you have to watch it is in a very strange way. Oh, yeah. What was the streaming service that I had? Oh, shit. Did I cancel that? Fuck. <laughs> so so St. Maud is, isn't a uh, movie that's gone like direct to your average streaming service it's not on hulu or netflix or hbo or even or something like, like that like apple movies or uh voodoo or one of the like pay to rent or even amazon prime that kind of thing well that's well the thing is a24 like signed an exclusivity deal with apple tv a while back and i thought that this was coming to apple tv but it's not it's in this weird fucking streaming service called epics which i'm I'm like i'm as we're speaking i'm like furiously trying to figure out how to even go to my epics account on amazon so i can cancel the the seven day free trial so so in order to watch this movie you have to um you have to sign up for this streaming service called epics and it's not the easy if you're not like directly signing up to it attaching it to your amazon account it's not the easiest thing to sign up for which i know I, 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 I honestly no it was easy to sign up for I through think. amazon through amazon sure but yes. i didn't do that through amazon at first i tried doing it like the normal way oh does epic have its epics have its own app i was gonna say like epic like the fucking epic game store but- is there an app because i watched this i guess i watched it um through my computer, through Amazon. Like I was like on it. Amazon's website and I went to, I just, if you type in St. Maud on Amazon, you can, it'll, you know, say like, start your seven day trial for Epic so you can watch this. I downloaded it through, I so, so yeah, I downloaded an app and then when I started an app, it basically just gave me the option to just like airplay it through my phone. And okay. I'm like, what the hell? It's like not an actual like video playing service. It's just like a vessel to use AirPlay. That's weird. Yeah, weird as hell. So That's if if you, if you decide to watch this, I would just like just uh, get a free trial for your Amazon account because I looked and, and I would say immediately cancel it after watching this because I looked through the library that Epics has and it it has jack shit. It's not honestly. worth it. I honestly, no. I'm I'm looking right now still on <laughs> through Amazon and I cannot figure out how to close. I'm gonna have to figure this out later, but I uh, cannot figure out how to cancel it. Hmm. I can show you later. Oh, you figured it out? Yeah. All right, maybe I'm just a dummy. Anyway, maybe. um, I think um, anything else to say, spoiler free, about Saint Maud before we move on to some spoilers? No, I feel like if you're gonna really delve deep into this movie you're gonna have to like talk some talk some spoilers well we shall do just that I, but I, I think, think it is overall um i think it's overall worth watching yeah it's solid it's solid but i liked I, it i mean yeah. i don't, I don't want to sound like i didn't enjoy it um i just but but like if you're looking for like the next hereditary like i would i would temper your expectations a little bit yeah i'd say so not to say though you know this is this is rose glass's first first film and i think you know she showed a lot of potential already in this one and oh yeah looking forward to see what she does next and i'm sure i don't know how it's it's hard to gauge these days how successful these movies are 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Especially since they don't release the metrics. Right. Um, it has a lot of very strong moments, I'll say. Yeah, and we will talk about those moments in just a second. All right, Jeremy, hit me with your, your favorite spoiler from St. Maud. <laughs> the Number very last the shot. Of a cannon. Yeah. The yes. very last shot is probably like the strongest moment of the movie. That was because... very cool. Do you want to work our way up to that a little bit? Um before we cuz I do want to talk about that for sure, but shall we sure. shall we shall we work our way up to the finale? Sure. So so a running thing throughout this movie is that um is that she believes the the titular mod is that she believes she has a direct connection with the lord himself right will will be um yeah based um and which is an interesting thing because this is not it's very much it uses christian um imagery and it is very much like a christian based sort of religious thing going on here but maude is not necessarily like a member of a like she's not this is not really an organized religion thing as much she's not going to church yeah. yeah she just found uh it's almost like she found like forgiveness within religion because of a horrible accident she um she accidentally caused in uh, right. in in a previous life that we only see like the the like a glimpse of in the very beginning of the movie and But it's not a pre- it's not a previous life because it's when she worked at the hospital. Right. Well, previous life as in like not a not a literal previous life like but like the life that she lived doing... before yes. the movie started. She had an incident, which the movie like references throughout with like other characters, like um, her friend that she meets up with uh, kind of says like Maude tells her that she's doing in-home private care. And her friend kind of goes like, oh, really? Like you still mm-hmm. are allowed to do that after your thing? OK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so. So she believes she has a direct connection with God, and the movie makes it ambiguous whether or not she is actually talking to God uh, herself, right. or she's just having, like, paranoid delusions. To me, it reads as, like, she might just fully be schizophrenic. Well, that's kind of what the very ending confirms. Right. I think. Right. right. And so she has these... Probably the um the horror set pieces of the movie is when she is uh more fully into these moments talking to God and they're mm-hmm. they're they're staged pretty well and they're and they're unsettling in in some yes. ways and uh, also God is represented by a cockroach. Well, God speaks to her through a cockroach, right? Yeah. In a moment that was like almost too wouldst thou like to live deliciously for a me. little bit, very close. Well, that's that's how I like interpreted like the, uh, well, not at first, but like looking back in hindsight, that very first scene because the because the movie opens with her in the hospital. There's a dead body on right. the uh, the hospital bed, and she's just like in the corner. Uh, with like blood on her hands, and then all of a sudden she looks up on the ceiling and sees a cockroach. She's a cockroach, right? That yeah. seems like that read to me like her moment of finding religion, in a way. Mm. Of, of yeah, like, I suppose so because the movie does specify that she was not necessarily religious prior to this, right? No, no, she's she's newly found God, 
and is is newly practicing and practicing in kind of in her own way. Right, right. Which, and I th- you know, I th- that's that's the kind of central theme of the movie, right? Is this idea of, you know, even outside of religion, really obsession is I yes. think what it's it's most focused on and and it's Maud's sort of obsession with religion that she's sort of channeling this sort of I don't know, I guess frustration through um or you know it's a little bit seems to be related to like the idea of not having found yourself as well in like the the in your early 20s like maude is a deeply lonely character yeah um and the movie touches on that more as it goes um and she finds you know companionship and um um solace i guess in these like delusions of her actually speaking directly to god right yeah and then she just goes ahead and and really just inflicts that on other people yeah (laughs) which is i guess where the horror comes in right yeah and it's um it's for the most part it's uh it's a pretty subjective movie you you we see everything pretty much from mods perspective but sometimes there are moments where it does take a step back and uh it 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 really it really shows like this is this is not like the the typical way that um that people like really you uh how they uh practice practice religion like i wouldn't i wouldn't quite consider this like an anti-religion film no 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 not necessarily it's it's more it's more of an exploration of how people use uh religion as like a way to cope with their own like insecurities and trauma definitely and it and i think it what it's getting at if not being anti-religion in general is just it's more concerned about the levels of obsession that people can go to with with something like faith and how that can drive them to harm other people as well as themselves Right. Right. And the way we're talking about it, uh, that that does all sound like really interesting. It's cool stuff. I like I like the central like themes and ideas behind this movie. I just but it just it, it just didn't get me. You know, it's like it's hard to, for me to put my finger on. But but, you know, the first time I saw something like Hereditary in the theater, I was, you know, it, it stuck with me. I, it yes. really got under my skin. Um not I so think, much Midsummer. I think Midsummer did as well. Um, but the you know the witch as well. Like the witch, I think was the first movie of these types that really, really affected me in a way that that obviously has lasted some a long time because I continue to talk about that movie obsessively. I still consider it one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm just like you said, like these movies have, are kind. Of, it's it's almost become like formulaic in a way. Uh, in a stylistic sense, at least, um, you and know, we could horror, just be getting used to them. Horror goes through trends. Sure, sure. Over over time, like you can you can the slashers explore. in the eighties, the torture porn in the in the aughts, yeah, and then probably in the tens you have the the nineties is like weird sci-fi horror a lot of the time 90s is kind of all over the place because yeah. you, you had your weird sci-fi horror and you have your like kind of like revisionist slashers sure. in the late 90s sure yeah and i um, mean as a, as a decade in general the 90s 
people were trying a lot of stuff. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the the birth of the internet, I think, just there was a lot of stuff that was being thrown at the wall, seeing if it sticks or not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, definitely like 2010s, you have this sort of like, and I'm going to keep using this term with scare quotes every time, but that elevated horror, you know. Baba Duke right. was a good example. Um, the witch. That was like one of the first. Baba Duke was definitely yeah one of the earlier ones. Yeah. Um. So I I think the thing with Saint Maud is that it, the thing that Hereditary and the Witch do is that it it hooks you from the very uh, yeah. beginning. Like they have slower pace, but it has a moment where you're just like, oh shit, I'm in. Right. Saint Maud doesn't exactly have that. The first forty minutes are um well it has that it has that little bit in the in the beginning with the dead body and with her with blood on her hands but it doesn't really give I don't think that, that it wasn't that wasn't really like very effective you know it wasn't like and it doesn't really give enough context to just like what happened you're just like oh some shit went down here that's interesting like that's sure. how that's that's how I was like ter- towards like the first 30 40 minutes i was like oh that's interesting i'm intrigued but i wasn't like quite hooked and the first 40 minutes um really focus on building the relationship between um mod and the patient sure yeah and and there's um, a little bit of a ex- exploration of sexuality in there too it touches on some of that stuff yes yeah and that that stuff was also interesting. I th- I thought that was going to go in a different direction than um than than what I was expecting. Well, there there and I'm, maybe this is more this is kind of to your point with like how the movie sort of feels rushed in the second half is that it it sort of is seems interested in the, in these concepts, but I don't know if it really fully explores them in a way. No. Not not quite. And I think the the point that I'm trying to get to is that the um I think the bit with her um her having that uh relationship with with the woman I think it goes on just like a bit too long for me. Is it that it goes on too long or is that it just doesn't go somewhere in a way that you found to be interesting? I I think I think it's both of those things. Yeah. It's it's both of those things. It it takes far too long, and it doesn't really go to an interesting enough place for that length of time dedicated to it for it to be worth it. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. I I think once she gets, once she gets like fired, once she because because there's a there's a moment where, um, they're, they're like having a birthday party and like. Uh, the the patient they're yeah they're having a birthday party for the patient and the pa- I I forget her name, um Amanda Amanda and Amanda mm-hmm. actually like calls Maud out publicly for how weird she's been acting, and Maud throws a fit she strikes well she does that because Maud tries to stop Amanda from having this relationship with maybe a sex worker but it seems like they kind of have like more of a relationship than that. They, yeah, they um, kind of keep it vague. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's a level of there's an aspect of jealousy there, clearly. Yes. With Maud, I, mean, I think Maud is trying to save Amanda's soul, right, and is trying right. to like lead her away from this very uh, this this life of like alcohol and drugs and sex and stuff. Um, but it's also just because I think Maud 
feels a level of of jealousy yeah whether it's like a sexual attraction or if it's just maud is again deeply lonely and and finds you know uh a friend in amanda there's there's a moment in in the beginning where that sex worker character i think or or it was either her or amanda says like i don't know if she's a bigot or if she's just jealous right exactly yeah which i think is something that that could have been explored like a little bit well i mean better that that (laughs) that very conflict is at the root of a lot of deeply religious people yeah, you know, that for sure that use their religion as a kind of a cudgel to discriminate against other people. I think a lot of the time there is a level of jealousy there or, you know, whether it's like especially in homosexual cases, like like repressed self-hatred for 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 whatever reason. But um, right. Yeah. And, and again, the movie's like touching on all these things here and there. Um, not that it needs to go any deeper than it uh, needed to, but yeah, I, I don't know if I was fully satisfied with, with all, where a lot of this stuff wound up. Yeah. Because again, yeah, you're right. It, it does spend, it does take its time to set this stuff up in the, the first act in the first half of the movie and then kind of just like rushes through the back half. Yeah. I think, I think if it started, if it got to the point where she gets fired and she starts like exploring herself a, a bit more and going out and kind of like acting on her own uh sexual repression uh i think if they started that a bit earlier and explored that a little bit more it could have been a stronger movie yeah because because that because because at that point that's when i started to get hooked sure sure um, because she kind of goes through that phase of like she gets fired she's sort of she sort of just like loses her faith a little bit and just goes out to try to just like find herself in other ways right. and then is very much unfulfilled that way. Like she she doesn't find that kind of companionship that she's looking for, even though she does have find somebody to have sex with. Um, and that sort of like I think the failure there is what brings her back. And then she has the actual like experience where she talks to the cockroach and her faith is restored. Yeah, it's almost like the inciting incident of the movie happens like over halfway in it yeah, happens that is true. it happens like 45 minutes into a barely 90 minute movie that's true i mean hereditary kind of does that as well but i think with more success Her- hereditary is, is a longer movie true and, and yes. it gives it and it gives itself more more time to to explore things yeah like the in inciting incident happens i'm not like gonna pretty, say it ex- explicitly because it don't happens to... kind of late and what happens is so shocking yes and and unbelievable that uh that it, it hooks you in a in a different way not that it's really fair to make a one-to-one comparison of this no. movie to something like it's only because it's in it's another a24 horror movie, it's so. kind of inevitable yeah you know? exactly for for those comparisons to be made though um so so I will give I will give credit the second half is a lot stronger than the first. Yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, you know, we talked you mentioned the ending right at the top of the spoiler section, but like that ending I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. It goes by so quickly, but that last frame of the movie is pretty is certainly the most horrific thing that happens. It tell and it tells you everything about what the movie was leading up to in just like 
not even like a second of screen a time. split second yeah yeah exactly um yeah. i do we want to just i guess talk through that because we pretty sure. much have talked through the rest of the movie um so upon renewing her faith i suppose and having this having her live deliciously moment with the cockroach um she basically decides to go kill amanda right because it's the only way to save her soul i guess is how what she convinces herself yeah um and then she does so and then afterwards she decides to go to the beach where she seems to be having this like religious experience where she's watching the clouds open up and the the god rays get turned on um and uh then lights herself on fire and when in the originally the, the the initial thing that we see is like her sort of like that moment where everyone sort of drops to their knees. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty haunting, I think, in a way, yeah. like seeing and that whole crowd of people simultaneously drop to their knees. It it kind of like makes you think is like, oh, my God, is she like actually ascending? Like, is right. she is are, is she like legitimate in what in what she's doing is she actually being rewarded by right. god is there an actual she... like magical aspect to this movie and then nope <laughs> and then, yeah and then just it just cuts back to her a, a very <sighs> horrific portrayal of of her screaming and burning to death and, and then, then the movie just cuts, cuts out yeah that was fantastic yeah. that was really a standout moment and that was like Okay, shit. Yeah. Okay, Saint Maud. Sure. I wonder yes. if I I want cuz I haven't watched um too many interviews about uh about like the of the director and, and the actor and whatnot. So I I could just be assuming but it felt like is that that ending was like the first like conceptual piece mm-hmm. of this idea, and they were like working backwards. They worked backwards from there. I could see that. I could see that. It is a it is a phenomenally strong ending. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much most of what I have to say on this movie. I feel yeah, like. yeah, more or less. Second half is stronger than the first. Yeah. Um. It's it's actually it's actually a movie that uh the the more I think about it the 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 more I like dig. Yeah, yeah. I think it I think it helps to talk through movies like this sometimes mm-hmm. to kind of like really understand your your feelings on them. Um yeah. which is obviously something that I think we've lost doing these podcasts not immediately outside of the theater anymore. For sure. For um, sure. cuz I and- watched this movie probably almost a week ago now and you just watched it yesterday right? i watched it two nights ago okay yeah. yeah it's it's something that i think i might want to go back and watch again and i might enjoy it more on a rewatch i'm not sure perhaps perhaps so so yeah overall i i did feel the a24 horror fatigue a little bit while watching this but not as much as other movies that i've seen over the past couple of years because i i do think it does offer an interesting angle with um with obsession through religion sure sure so i do think it's worth seeking out yeah i'd say so especially now that you can you know just just watch it on vod uh i guess do you think this is going to be dropping on a non epix 
service at some point? I, I like, really what is don't the, know. What is the deal? What the fuck is Epix? I feel like Epix was invented solely for this reason. It, it, it feels like like a dollar store version of Netflix because it, it seriously seems like it's it seems like the name it's like the name Netflix, but just kind of like synonymously swapped. I guess Netflix e picks net e flex yeah. picks. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, maybe. All right. Sure. I I think it's a channel too. I think it's a cable channel. Is like it a cable a, channel? Like is that a, what it, this is? It's ooh. just like one of these like kind of like obscure cable channels is like now getting into streaming 10 years too late and is trying to like be yet another fucking streaming service as if there's Probably. not enough of those already. Probably, and they just miraculously made a deal with A24, I guess, because, you know, they – sometimes A24, for as much as they're loved within the film community, they make some strange distribution um, choices. Well, they did partner with one story screen beacon uh, to do a, a platform for Minari, which was really cool. That was a yes, good choice. That was can't a good win choice. Them all. You can't win them all. You can't win them all. But I, I will criticize them on on their distribution for this, and also their distribution of Under the Silver Lake a couple years back. But you know. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a weird one too, right? Because yes, that one was like strange. circling around for a while before I actually got the opportunity and to then see it, it. Just got dumped onto Amazon. Right. Because I did, did like that. I did like that movie though. I, I I like almost love Under the Silver Lake. I, yeah, I don't know if I got that from the first watch, but I do think that's a movie that if I watch multiple times, I would probably enjoy it more and more each time. Also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, Jeremy, so, any any closing thoughts? I guess on Saint Maud, worth watching. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Didn't hit me in the way that I I was hoping that it would, but again, that comes from a place of probably overblown hype just from how long it took this movie to finally come out and also Mm -hmm. you know just high expectations given some of the other stuff that's that's come from a24 which has been some of my favorites favorite movie favorite horror movies at least the last couple years so strong performances definitely strong performances strong visual style yep um just just some pacing and structural issues sure hold it back definitely cool um anything else any other movies or anything uh, you want to shout out real quick We've, this is a pretty quick episode so um the I quick and the dead yeah yeah the, the quick and the dead that we watched through um the the uh the watch parties uh that that was a lot of fun that was a fun that, one. That, I can't believe that's a Sam Raimi movie that's escaped me for such a long time. Yeah, that's, I had never seen it either. I'm not like the biggest Sam Raimi um, fan, but like I, I do like the movies of his that I've seen. Um, and uh, that was a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. I also watched this uh, this this movie last night that I got as a Blu-ray from um, from Vinegar Syndrome who specializes in um, taking like old obscure cult movies and giving them like super nice Blu-ray treatments. Oh, um, I watched, it's called action USA. Okay. And, and it's, it's a movie directed by a stuntman. Okay. And that, that it, works out well sometimes for action movies. And it stars um, Max dad. Oh, is that um, why you sent me that screenshot of Max dad? 
Yeah. That's it's, the movie that he was in? It stars Mac's dad from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And apparently in the in the 80s, in like the late 80s, he was like kind of a, an action star. And I tried to like, explain this to, to Eleanor and I said Max dad and she thought I said like M-A-X dad. She's like, who are you talking about? I said, no, <laughs> no, the father of Ronick, Ronald McDonald on the, the popular American sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's more or less just like a 90 minute uh, 80s stunt show. Cool. With like almost, it feels almost kind of like a Hong Kong um sure action movie but like made in america like there are people like hanging out of helicopters being thrown out of buildings uh crazy ass car stunts with like a very like mild plot thrown in there about like some (laughs) some woman who who like witnesses a murder and she she's like her her boyfriend apparently knew where these like stolen jewels were. So like these these FBI agents are like protecting her from like these bad guys going after him. It's just like it's good enough. Plot is overrated. It's just it's just a beautiful excuse for just absolute carnage. I might have to borrow that uh, Blu-ray from you sometime. It's it's, it's that one is uh that's worth a watch. You know, it see it seems like um like I've exhausted a lot of the eighties action that I've, that I've come across. So it's refreshing to come across something that's like a little bit more underseen, a hidden gem, if you will, as, as you would say, yeah, I was trying to avoid that term, but well, you've already thrown out every other cliche under the sun with your uh, mixed bag. bag. Yeah. That's that's a good way to describe St. Maud. I suppose. I suppose it's like, Um, it's like a, like a mixed bag of chocolates. You never know what, what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, sure. The classic mixed bag of chocolate. You know, sure. so it's, it's like, a, like, a, like a plastic garbage bag full of chocolate. Just full of chocolate. Just that, mixed, you know, different that, odds and ends. That you're eating in the alley. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Cr- crouch down next to the dumpster, reaching into my mixed bag of, of chocolate. It's not, it's not like that mixed because all the chocolates have like melted together. Okay, that's enough of this analogy. <laughs> what was that distribution um, company that you said uh, for that that Blu-ray? Do you want to vinegar shout that out again? syndrome? All right, cool. They're great. Check out vinegar syndrome. I guess I visited. Wanna. I visited their location once, oh. and they get they got a lot of cool shit there. Cool, very cool. Yeah. I watched Shin Godzilla for the first time. Uh, oh yeah, earlier this week, and uh, well. I had sort of seen that movie once before on a plane and I fell asleep, which was not giving that movie the kind of uh, uh, justice that it deserves. So Probably this time not. I watched it, I watched it properly and uh, that movie fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. How did that movie hit for you in a post pandemic world? Yeah, no, it hits watching, you know, the a major aspect of that movie, if you haven't seen it, is a government's response to a, a major catastrophe. And I think that, you know, Shin Godzilla is responding in sort of uh, the, was it, it was the tsunami that happened. It was both the tsunami and, and the, the, the nuclear, nuclear disaster as a result of the tsunami. Yes, exactly. So, you know, th- th- this movie was inspired by that. And, you know, a large amount, the first act really of the movie is all like, 
bureaucracy really getting in the way of itself from actually providing action um, and relief during what is like an active disaster. So seeing something like that in the midst of the U.S. government continuing to fail um, the coronavirus very response. hard in the face in the, in response of the coronavirus. Yeah, that shit hits. It hits. Makes it. And then there's double, you know, go makes ahead. a good double feature with Chernobyl. Sure, sure. If you just want to feel awful. Yeah, <laughs> for or a um, while. or uh, Contagion. You can watch Contagion and and then Godzilla and then. But uh, and then you know the aspects of it uh, with the United States's relationship with Japan and mm-hmm. sort of the the treaty that they've had post World War II. I'm also playing through Thirteen Sentinels: Ages Rim right, right now, which is also kind of about that in a lot of ways, you know, like the United States's relationship with with Japan post World War II. Um, so it's cool to see that aspect as well, and then also just a super gross, grimy. Uh, design of Godzilla that just fucking rules. He I love looks, that. He looks like legitimately scary. Yeah, like terrifying. He's like, not just a big lizard. He's like a he is a monster. It's it's like the uh, the gods the Godzilla that's in like the recent American movies. Like you almost kind of want to give him a hug. Yeah, because he like looks almost fluffy, but like the the Godzilla and Shin Godzilla is like oh get away from me. Yeah, like King yeah. Kong, like King Kong would not want to touch him. Right. He looks like he just looks wet the whole time. He's, he's and like, some of the movie he's just like gushing blood everywhere. He's like kind of falling apart, but he's indestructible bit. at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's really, really good. If you have not seen that, I would say seek that out before you watch Godzilla versus Kong. Was that next month that comes out, I think? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Well, I mean, anyway. it's like like Shin Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Kong are like 100% completely different tones. Wildly and... different movies. Yes. Yes. To each their own. I like yeah. those legendary Godzilla movies probably more than most. I feel like I was one of the f- few people that really liked uh, War of the, the Monsters? Mo- King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. King I enjoyed Monsters. King of the Monsters as well. Yeah. I think it got some love within story screen, but elsewhere, critically, it did not do so hot. Yeah. And- Shin Godzilla also has a really fantastic score. Yes. By Particularly Sh- if you enjoy Evangelion, which yeah. was also created by director Hideki Anno, who did and Shin Godzilla. S- scored by Shiru Sagisu. I think that's what he Well, was. I think he also was he I think he was also involved with Evangelion. Yeah. So cool. All right. I think that's gonna do it for us today. Thank you for joining me as always, Jeremy. And always thank you, listener. For, for tuning in and listening. Uh, this is not the only podcast that we do on Story Screen, so uh, check out the feed. That's uh, just Story Screen Presents anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're not already subscribed to that feed, somehow you're listening to this anyway, subscribe. And hey, throw us a review while you're at it. That's that's nice. We like to hear from you. Um, you can also find us at Story underscore Screen on Twitter and Story underscore Screen underscore Beacon on Instagram and then StoryScreenBeacon.com where you can find all kinds of articles and reviews and more podcasts and all kinds of good stuff. Hell yeah. And hopefully maybe soon. I don't know. I'm not. I'm speaking out of turn here because I, I have no insider information. But, you know, movie theaters are opening up in new york city again are allowed to be so you know maybe we'll see some see us for some some movies in person sometime the wonder bar is open the, the not too far exactly the wonder bar is open so 
We'll see. I would love to go back to the movies. I would oh, watch yeah. St. Maud again if it came to the, the theater. So mm. yeah. I would watch it again there. So buy a movie cool. ticket over an Epic subscription. <laughs> I would much prefer, yes, to to buy buy a movie theater tickets than yes. Accidentally pay Epix four ninety nine because I can't figure out how to cancel them. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thank you. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. Everybody.